Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In Podcast coming to you on Monday morning. We are fresh, it is bright, it is early and Tony Calvin, for the first time I think since I took over the reins of this podcast, which is about a year ago TC, is not in his box room as standard. I'm nervous for you. Where are you? Why have you left the area, the safe uh, zone? I'm abroad. Quite a very nice location. My brother's got a very big villa out in Mallorca, so uh, I've imposed myself on him. And it's roles reversed, Vanessa. You're in your um, you're in your little house with all your washing on your uh, banister, and um, I'm in a sunny location. Absolutely scandalous. I'll rectify it for next week. Um, Brendan, you're with us like usual, and you're off the back of a Wimbledon party. Are you on the back foot a little bit? Um, yeah, well, well, it was a five-hour match, in fairness, but 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 very entertaining. Two titans, a lot of uh, back and forth uh, for the casual sports fan. All I, all I want is good competition, and uh, I certainly got that. So, yeah, that, that was enjoyable. Absolutely. It was brilliant. And Kevin Blake, you are in Golden. Tell me what the weather's like, because I'm coming over to Ireland tomorrow, so tell me it's good. The sun is literally shining. Uh, yesterday, hey. rough day, but the sun is shining. Don't ask me for how long, probably not very long. Um, but yeah, the sun always shines in Golden, Vanessa. If you want sunshine, you come to Golden because that's where the sun always shines. Look at that. Right. We've all got a sunny disposition this morning. Let's kick on. We are off the back of July week, of course, three day festival at the July course in Newmarket, as well as the sales to plenty to take away from the week that was. But we will kick off with the big race, the July Cup that went the way of Shaquille, who's now seven to four from five to one for the Betfair Sprint Cup up at Haydock. A second group one win on the bounce, a first group one for Ross Orion. And this horse is really turning out to be one of the stories of the season, Brendan, I think. Everyone moaning that the sprint division is crap, but in the same breath, they also applaud the story that is Shaquille. I suppose you can have both views. Well, I mean, what an entertainer this horse is. And I feel like I'm slightly damning him with faint praise by even saying that. What what ability he has to do so many things wrong in the race and still win? Um, I mean, he's hard on his jockeys, isn't he? Okay, so he missed the break terribly in Ascot. Murphy had half given up quite rightly. But then, uh, we've mentioned this before, when he got to the peloton, the horse took off and wanted to go again. And this time, because he, he, I mean, he broke slowly, but not as slowly. He got to the peloton in no time. And Ross Ryan wanted to do the sensible thing and just drop in. Let's reassess this situation. Plan B. And the horse, he's like, I, I watched two alpha males go at it yesterday, as I mentioned. He's such an alpha male, this horse. He just wants to assert physical dominance, just runs around them. Use like j- just in terms of energy dis- uh, distribution, a complete disaster area. Uh, Russell Ryan's a complete passenger, and I don't, I don't blame him in any way. In fact, he he showed good presence of mind that there was no point in fighting this horse. He probably wasn't happy about it because he, as I mentioned, he isn't using his energy efficiently, and was still able to see off. All right, you could say the second is rated one hundred and twelve. You can crib it some way, but Kin Ross with a bit of give in the ground had his yeah. prep run and Ascot probably didn't run too far off his best and was still able to see him off com- comfortably. He, he, he has an outrageous skill set, this horse. Again, as I'm in danger of repeating myself for, from Ascot, but this is his run style. Although we do know from the race in Haydock that he can break on terms, but this this is becoming a bit, uh, a bit of an issue with, with them, that he'd, he'd still be a hard horse for me to back. 
because you've got so many stresses with him pre-race and what he's going to do at the stalls. But he seems to be able to overcome all these things. And as, as you said, it, it, it's a great story and he's a pure entertainer, this horse. He really is. We need horses like him and he's providing us with a great little narrative this summer, Kevin. Um, seven to four for the Betfest, Betfest Sprint Cup. Is he... Given everything that Brendan's just said and how he goes about it and, you know, he makes life hard for himself. Is he just the cut above an average group of sprinters or am I being harsh on the rest of them? Oh, yeah, you could be right now. You could, you could be right. Jeez, uh, he's talented, isn't he? Christ. Um, <laughs> you, you, you don't see horses doing as much wrong as he's done now the last twice in winning group ones. Like if he was doing it in kind of listed races, group three, it's a cheesy talented. You know, if he ever gets it together, he'd be some group one horse. But he's he's doing all the wrong things in group ones and still winning them. Uh, I, I now and I'm on a completely different page, those connections, it seems. But um, if you were mine, I, I'd be I'd be trapping him to five. Um, oh. I'd be dropping him to five. I think you'd find it easier at five. Um, now, the start, the, the issues at the start may be amplified and be more punished over the shorter trip. But, um, geez, the way he goes through his the, the middle part of his race is like they, they don't go quick enough for him over six. Like, like at Ascot, like he's completely blown the start. Like I was trying to measure it there last night for the crack. I'd say he's lost eight lengths at Ascot um, and he's kind of steadily recovered. And then he's running away in the middle part of the race on heels. You know, they're not going quick enough. And on Saturday, I reckon he's lost about five lengths. And again, he's like just taken off mid-race. They weren't going fast enough for him. So for all the concerns about the about the start, like for me, he looks a five furlong horse. Um, but again, like I say, connections seem to be on a different page. They're talking about putting him in the, the Mars de Geese and then going Haydock Sprint Cup. He's not entered in the, the non-torp or the flying five, which are both closed. So they need um, a supplement or a second entry there. Um, so I don't know if I'll get a chance to see my little theory played out on the race course, but th- that'll be my thoughts on him. But look, he's clearly just really good. And um, even if he stays at, you know, the six and a half in the Mars de Geese and the, the six at Haydock, like he's going to be the one to beat Anaway. But um, just my own curiosity based on my, my read of him, I'd love to see him at five at some stage. TC, I think you were nodding away there were you with the five furlong angle with this horse. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if he goes to the numb foot, I know you get the two rolls in there getting a lot of weight, but what's going to beat it would be a very, very strong favourite. Drop down to five would seem an obvious obvious route to me, given that. He's, a, he's the kind of horse, as with Brendan, he's the kind of horse that I'll probably continue to oppose. Now, I think you have to give him all the credit in the world, you know, for the manner of his wins. Um, but and And you probably do have to give him upgrading because of these blowing the starts and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see the likes of what well, the likes of time for him come out. I suspect they will give him a lot more for the victory than a than his than his defeat of a hundred and twelve rated horse, you know, suggest he should get. And time for him do get very punchy as we saw with giving Paddington 130p. Sorry, sorry to be blasphemous there, uh, Brendan. But um yeah, I, I would definitely go the five firm route and um yeah on route to Haydock. Yeah, definitely. 125p, I believe, is the updated rating. Yeah, well, they've given him plenty. I mean, they've given him plenty for the for the manor, haven't they? Rightly so. Um, uh, TC, I want to stick with you to discuss Nashua, please. Um, obviously, wins the Falmer Stakes, dropping back down to the mile, wins it, going away very 
lovely indeed. Now they're targeting another tilt at the Nassau Stakes at Goodwood, where she is three to one from eight to one, um, yeah. off the back of getting back in the winner's enclosure. But your theory was right. Back down to the mile, suited her down to the ground, and she goes and wins for the Racing Only Better TC followers. Yeah, well, that was... That was the literally the only thing I got right at the three day meeting, so I'm not going to crow about that. But as we, as I said on the on the previous show, I've I've known well, not known. I'd be very arrogant to say I've always thought that she had all the hallmarks of, of a miler, given that her main asset is is a pace and the change of gear. Um, obviously, the ground going soft after all the watering and all the rain that was in her favour, dropping down to a mile for only the second time. But yeah, God, she was massively impressive, wasn't she? Five length defeat there. I can see why they're going back up to a mile two, maybe likely a much quicker ground at Goodwood. Um, but yeah, um, but we've given the ground over a mile. I wouldn't be in a rush to bet anything to beat her, to be honest with you. No, that's, I, I mean, she was so impressive. And Kevin, after the race, I think there was some comments from Gosden in regards to it was a left field thing to do to drop her down to Palmer. Some people felt, except not TC and others on the podcast. But what is her ideal trip now? It could they get more out of her at a mile, given what she did in the farmer? Yeah, like if she's mine, uh, I'm going to persevere at the mile. To be honest, um, right. I, I thought it suited her really well. I thought I thought she looked um, an easier ride. For Holly at the trip, you know, she's shown a lot of kind of um, third quarter pace over a mile and a quarter, if you kind of get where I'm coming from, um, in the past. And like she, she just seemed very happy at a mile there. You know, the way she traveled early, the way she, the, the, the ability she had to get herself into the race and take the gap when it appeared. Um, you know, if you, if you knew nothing else about her, like you wouldn't be dreaming about going up and trip with her after <laughs> that. So, um, look, she's got loads of options. Um, you know, there's plenty of Phillies only races knocking around, you know, all, all over the place. Like she she's she has international options. So um if she were mine, I, I I'd be happy sticking at a mile. Um yeah, fair play to connections for giving it a go when she's so well established at further. And um it looks like they might have um uh, stumbled, would that be the right word? Stumbled across uh, what might well prove to be her very best trip. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it will be intriguing to see if she goes to the Nassau. She may well have to take on French raider Blue Rose Sen, who's been targeted at Goodwood. That would be a fascinating contest, mate, for a great race. But the other great race at Goodwood will, of course, be the Sussex Stakes. And we've seen a couple of market movers for that over the week just gone. And they include Nostrum, who's now 9-2 to two from 10-1, to one, having won the Henry Cecil Stakes at Newmarket off the back of the long break. Obviously, Paddington is your age 15 favourite in the Sussex Stakes. But Brendan, Nostrum comes back with a bang, absolutely bolts up, the long-awaited return. How good is he? Well, I mean, I, I suppose I'm I'm a bit biased. I mean, I thought when when I saw him in Sandown last year and that maiden, I I thought he looked a, a star, and I I backed him in the Dewhurst, slightly disappointing in the Dewhurst, and 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 then he had a knock. But uh, I I thought he was a, a big runner in in the Guineas. Had 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 he got there, and I mean, it was a it was a breathtaking performance in 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 Newmarket, albeit in a lesser grade, but still up against some highly promising horses, and he destroyed them. And the betting on it as well. I mean, he was yeah. he was nine to four. 
about an hour before the race and it was and Stout comes on after and said oh yeah yeah well we sort of thought we had him ready for Ascot but it, uh, so well they certainly had him ready for Newmarket uh, they hammered him in the bet and he was really impressive and you'd love to see him in a Sussex stakes now again Stout interviews he doesn't give much away he said he might go windy he's also in the celebration mile but he rolled the big dice with him in the Dewhurst so he's already pitched him into group one company so if I was a betting man I would lean towards him running in the Sussex, which would be marvellous because uh, you'd have Paddington against uh, another, uh, well, Paddington's a very established three-year-old, but against a highly promising up-and-coming three-year-old, and then you'd have Inspiral for the older fillies and modern games for the older Colts, which would be a a right dust-up. Beautiful. And TC, you're smirking away there. Was that a smirk of... You think Nostrum will be sent back up into Group One company that quickly, or a smirk as um, as if type laughter? Well, I work on the theory, very much like when Ruby was in his pomp with Willie Mullins, that I would want to keep the ride on that horse, and I couldn't keep the ride on that horse if it went to take on Paddington in the Sussex. So mm-hmm. maybe Ryan might say, "Well, actually, no. Let's give him one more run, swerve Paddington, and go somewhere else." But um, God, yeah, I mean, it was massively impressive wasn't he that was a really really deep listed race they think a load of the the second and you know a lot of some good horses were well beaten off there um yeah i think it's group one horse whether they'll go to the sussex with paddington waiting um i'm not so sure but um i did i did um watch the interview over here and uh i immediately thought of kevin when he came out with his windy comments so yeah uh, <laughs> catching on kev you're a trend. Yeah. Uh, just repeti- repeti- repetition, just keep repeating it, and it catches on the end of it. So it's been a policy, long, long-term policy of mine. Yeah. But when, when just... I when I get Tony Calvin talking about horses taking a lot of whacking, I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just very briefly, Vanessa, he holds an, an entry in the Irish Champion Stakes, which is handy. Oh yeah, boy, yeah. Oh, bingo. Bingo. <laughs> I could get that reference in. Just, that's that's the point. Why wouldn't they go to the Judmont? <laughs> well, um, yeah, that I mean, mix. that's an extended 10 furlongs, and of course, Paddington will be waiting for him there as well. Um, I, 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 I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. Very All funny. TBC, but he adds a serious element of interest into the mix. Nostrum back with a bang. Uh, let's talk about a couple of huge two year old performances. From the weekend, we will kick off, Kev, obviously, with the superlative stakes. And it's over to you to wax lyrical about City of Troy, who's now 5-2 to two from 10-1 to one for the 2,000 guineas. Um, you were, you're such a fan of this horse. You made your case on Racing Only Better, not really as a betting proposition, but just as a horse to watch and appreciate. Is he as big a coming superstar as we all seem to be touting him as? Ah, look, I don't think it was much of a race now. A bit workmanlike. Took him a long time to get on top. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't really do it for me. Um, no, he, he was really good, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, I know, that yeah, was really uh, good, wasn't he? Blake, like Blake, can, Blake just can't do sarcasm, can he? Just can't <laughs> you, you're, a je- you're a master of all trades, Blake, but sarcasm. No, dead, deadpan, not so much. <laughs> um, no, he was good, like, because I was, and the closer we got to it, I was kind of, why are they running here? Like, it's a... Why? Like it's it's only two weeks, you know, a bit of rain on the ground. Like he's kind of a kind of a really like long fluid mover, like you know, July course. And oh, geez, this could be a bit of a banana skin. But um clearly the, the there was no such concerns 
in the camp if the betting is anything to go by because he was absolutely hammered the whole way through and um, he was really good in fairness and a couple of little disappointments in behind but um, like just just really straightforward you know jumped out no cover you know started going through the gears there from the three furlong pole um, for all hands and heels and then Ryan gives him one um, like re- relatively late inside the final furlong and as was the case of the curl like he just the, the afterburner kicked in like and he's just powered through the line and, and and like well after the line again which was kind of the most notable thing for me about his debut like just how powerful he was in the pull-up zone and um, same again here um geez just just looks very nice doesn't he like looks looks like guinea's horse um after his debut you're looking at his pedigree kind of go hmm, might you stay a mile and a half and he's probably one of those that he might stay a mile and a half if, if he gets asked in due course but um i'd say a mile it will, will be, might be his, his best trip for a while yet um yeah and we'll, we'll go on to the philly in a minute like but jesus some, some weekend for um for the bell justify um well, who, yeah. who who for a horse with so much profile, you know, had been a little bit low profile there, I say. Um, and there in the last week, he's after throwing up um, two, you know, does he have the best two-year-old cold and the best two-year-old yeah. filly in Europe yeah, all exactly. of a sudden? Um, yeah. So, the, you know, all, all concerned there will be will be cock a hoop about that. But yeah, geez, uh, you, you'd love this horse now. Um, yeah, really love him. And uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe the thing maybe maybe the thinking was just just timing wise, like you you maybe he'll drop into kind of the the program now as uh, the more typical program for you know the number one um, code that they have you know national stakes, Dewhurst, things like that. You'd love him, yeah. Really, really like the horse. Could I just uh, briefly uh, ask Kevin? Sorry to interrupt, Vanessa. Did they go cold on the Justify Yearlings at the sales last year on the back of that uh, first crop? Yeah, like I think the it probably might be fair to say there was a bit of a wobble there. Uh, I wouldn't be as as on top of you know averages and medians for America as it would be. I'm just glancing here. No, it's, they held up reasonably well. Um, held up might it might have been you know you'll you'll generally get a drop from first crop to second, um, and there, and there was a bit of a drop, but it wasn't like the median drop from three twenty five to to two fifteen. Um, which is, you know, percentage-wise, a big enough drop. But from first crop to second, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be bananas, like you say, because his two first two-year-olds wouldn't have shot the lights out by any means. But there would have been a strong view that they're always going to be better at three. So um, market confidence held, um, and now, yeah, I think he'll, he'll he'll be okay now for the time being. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brendan, he in in the performance itself, like Kev's already gone through. It, we don't need to go back over that ground, but just in terms of. There was no molly coddling him, was there? It was like go and win your race and do it as you like. I mean, there was no messing around. He's he was asked to go and win, and Julie did it. But yeah, they're not sort of like cradling him. I guess is the point I'm making. Well, they've got such encouragement from the horse, haven't they? You can imagine how excited I am about this fella, Vanessa, <laughs> because in terms of energy efficiency, now I make it out like I'm some energy expert. Like I've missed, it took me a long time to warm to Franco, for example, because I was there. No, he's too keen. He's too keen. He won't last. Good judge I am. But this horse just settles like a lamb in his race. Ryan can do anything. As Kevin mentioned, he hasn't he's yet to see a finishing line that he hasn't burst through. He's got that stamina in, in, in his pedigree. He's clearly got, got, got loads of speed. And then you think, oh, he's gone and won a two-year-old race by seven lengths. Well, he must have beaten trees. But that hat, him, 
I mean, probably the best horse in the woodcock, beating three lengths in a Coventry that's starting to work out like a right good race. Uh, the, the fourth, who should have been third, great, great troop, seems to be well regarded by Godolph and actually Buick. Each way backers could feel a little bit aggrieved about his efforts in the last 100 yards. And I think he was lucky enough to get a few days for that ride, just as an aside. But uh, City, City of Troy... I mean, someone will probably have to talk me down from the ledge, and I am inclined to get carried away, but this looks a genuine superstar to me. Love it. And, Kev, you've already mentioned, um, obviously, justified potentially having the best two-year-old Colt in City of Troy and the best two-year-old Philly in Ramatuel, who went and won the free Robert Papan, now looks set for the morning. Um, she's doing it, I mean very easily indeed isn't she I wouldn't be across the French form to know enough about what she's beating in behind but you can't help but be excited by her and her attitude a bit like City of Troy means that she's so she looks so straightforward in the runs we've seen her in so far and she takes her racing so well yeah big time she's only been beaten the once and that was by a coach called um, Beau Vatier if I'm pronouncing that right who won again the other weekend he, he looks very smart himself so um, like the French, the French are going through a bit of a comeback here, Vanessa. They are. Um, like, they really God, are. I tell you, I tell you what, we've been. Um, there's been plenty of grief sent their direction in the last few years because they just can't hold these these races. You know, the English and Irish have been have been dominating their stakes program, but I tell you what, it's not the case this year. Um, they they are doing particularly well in holding the fort, and they look to have some smashing two year olds and and this filly. Um, like you say, would have claims to be the best two-year-old filly in Europe at the minute, and um, big claims, um, and a really interesting pedigree. You know, out of out of a Ravens past mare that um, that started her career with um, Marco Botti, and and was quite smart before going to America and doing even better. Um, owned by um, oh Lord, Lord, Lord Parker. Former um, basketballer, has yeah, loads of horses in France. On Twitter. Um, yeah, big, big, big asset for French racing. Tony Parker, well done. Sorry, my apologies. Um, he's been a big ambassador and 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 you know, I suppose mainstream figurehead for French racing for a while now. Really loves it. Did a great interview after the race. Yeah. Um, talked talked about um this filly's calmness. Said what what's her what's her greatest trait? And said her calmness. Which I thought was an interesting answer. Um, seemingly very, very good temperament. Uh, and yet, like, look, this this stacks up. You'd like to think. Um, um, the the second His Majesty Colt, we've seen a bit of him. Um, clearly not one of the best two year olds around, but has been involved in enough of our um stakes races in Britain and Ireland to give us a nice line. And okay. um, and this filly's gone and booted him out of the way in just as good a style as um. Buccaneo Fuerte and Unquestionable did. And they're, you know, they're two very high class Colts. And she did something similar. Um, you know, better again, possibly. Um, you know, ease down late. So yeah, look, you'd be very excited about her. Um, Christopher Head is is, is shooting the lights out. Um, mm. you know, up and coming trainer in France has the pedigree, but it's very much delivering. Um, and in a scene in, in France that uh, I dare say is kind of coming to that transition period where the top French trainers that we all identify as the top French trainers are getting into the later stages of their career. And, um, you know, it, the, the, the scene is right for someone to burst through yeah. the door and uh, say, here I am. And Christopher Head has been doing that in the last couple of years. And he looks to have another star here as well as a... Uh, uh, Blue Rose Sen, you know, big rock. He's got some smashing horses there at the moment. Really does. Yeah, he is rocking and rolling. Um, TC, I want to take us back 
to Newmarket for you, please, to talk yep. about, well, the St. Ledger market mover in regards to Castle Way, who won the Bahrain Trophy. He's now 7-1 to from 20s for the St. Ledger, um, but obviously beating Tower of London in a close finish when Ryan Moore dropped his whip. What was the reaction to that from your point of view? Um, well, I agree with the betting. Um, Tower of London's five to one, Castleway sevens, and I think St. George, the close thirds, eight to one. Um, I think Ryan would probably know he should have won that race and won it well. Um, horse got messed around in, in between, uh, in behind horses as well. Um, and obviously, you know, dropped the whip as you said, and furlong out. Um, I just got the impression the second was by far the best horse in that race. Um, if I had previously backed it for the St. Ledger, um, I would probably have shortened it um, on the back of that rather than leaving it at five to one. So, yeah, um, I thought Tower of London was by far the best horse in that race. Okay, getting a positive mention. How, you know, you know Ryan Moore pretty well, TC. How miffed mm. off will he be with that sort of mistake? Um, but these days, how you know how big a deal is it dropping a whip? I mean, it, it clearly might have had a, a big influence on it, but yeah, I, mean, I think tactically, the, the, the you know, if it was quite a small field and it just didn't pan out from at any stage, I mean, um, people might have said, Look, he got out, we got out on the near rail, you know, in good enough time to actually do it, but I think Ryan would like to have kicked on two out uh, and go there, but you know, they've got. It might not even be the best ledger horse uh, in the yard. I'm looking forward to seeing espionage again when he comes out. But, um, yeah, um, Tower of London should have won that race. Uh, and and a feature of the weekend uh, and last week, I mean, the money for Tower of London, it was like two to one. I think there was even some early, very early nine to four. It got smashed in to four or six. And you'd be absolutely pig sick if you, if you were in on that gamble. Yeah, you were. Brendan was nodding away there like he may well have been. Were you sick as a dog, Brendan? <laughs> no, well, it's lucky. It's, no, well, I don't bet at those short prices because, like Tony, I have a terrible record. I mean, Via Sestina, when the rain came, I thought she was an absolute moral. The way they backed a dare, that was perhaps the most interesting of them all because I listened to the show and the lads were there. Mm, I'm not sure about this horse on back. Oh, he's put himself on mute. Brendan, take yourself off mute. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, there he's Thanks. back. He's back. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, we'll have to start again. I've, 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 I've someone ringing me. And I told him that. Quite drive on. We'll be around. Just drive on. Yeah, carry on. Is, it, is this is the eighty-five-year-old in the car outside? Yeah, probably. He's not, out, he, he, he's, not, he's, he's not outside, but I mean, you give 85 year olds instructions and they just can't follow them. It's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> back, back, back to, back, yeah, so Adair and the lads were there. I'm not sure if, about this ground. And I think he was around four to seven at the time. And they sent him off about 1.32 on, on Betfair. I mean, that takes some serious dough. And it looked at the end like he was struggling on the fast ground. Uh, but clearly, the, 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 there's some dough going around to back these horses. And Via Sestina was hammered as well. Now, I know the race. I tell, I tell you what was, but I was I didn't watch the race live. I was amazed that Star of Mystery went off so short. That was, again, that was that was early 2 to 5, 4 to 11. That, did that go fives on? And, or yeah. even short, 2 to 11? Yeah. Sixes on, was it even? Yeah. A Persian, Persian dreamer who didn't have that much to find, given you know good efforts at York and. Uh, at Ascot went off at five to one. It was like 
he was there was some real kind of like big gambles knocking around. Um and obviously it's all driven by by Betfair. So um <laughs> yeah, I mean like it's serious wedge uh, changing money. Hands. All right, well, we've already touched upon Persian Dream and then he's now 33 for the 1,000 guineas, having beaten that short price star of mystery. But we've got a few other to- uh, horses just to rattle through, give a quick mention to before we move on to the news section, guys. Um, Kevin, I want to give a very, just a, a note to Quinault because it takes some effort to win. Is it six handicaps on the bounce now for this horse? Um, incredible effort by the training team, Stuart Williams and co. And listening to him afterwards, you know, he's talking about what it's taken to get this horse to the point where he could improve 30 plus pounds or whatever it is now. And it's just fascinating. It's a real reminder that it just, it, it's a cliche, but it really does take a village half the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's 12 from 25 now for the Moen and Shandon International Stakes. And who knows where our improvement's going to end. But I just wanted to give an honourable mention, really. No, you're dead right. Um, something else now, you know. Fair play to him. Um, like, look, these these secondhand horses aren't always easy. You know, sometimes you, you look there, you say, "Oh, he only cost this, and look what he's doing now." But like, generally, it, it's it's for a reason, and um, there can be an awful lot of work to be done. Like you say, to um, to get them rolling and to give them the opportunity to show what they can do. And look, they um, they got this horse in off a very low mark. <laughs> He's just been on an absolute march since. Um, so fair play. I would have a lot of regard for Stuart as a trainer. Actually, I think he's, I think he's, um, he's very, very capable. And uh, this horse is a good illustration of of what he can do. Um, and just one, I want to give a quick mention to Vanessa. I know he's on the list, but I, I'll, I'll preempt you. Um, feed the flame. Um, yes, this, 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 this is a real good horse, I think. This is a real good horse. I, I've had a very high view of this horse now for, for a little while. Um, first and second time, he was brilliant, despite them not being stakes races. Um, I think the pre the jockey club was just a little bit too much too soon for him. They went record-breaking pace the whole way, and he just it was just too much for him. And you'll see why it was too much for him when you watch this back, because um, he just... I think the connections have taken a view now. He just needs time to to gather himself and get into his rhythm because, like, he's he's detached early, like detached and, and needing to be niggled along. And you're like, oh god, this fella's going to blob. And then in the straight, he just comes alive and um, and puts away like like a strong old field in great style. Like he, he looks an air course. Um, I'd be slightly worried about that 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 warming up process. In a race like the Arc, you know, massive field can be a bit merciless. Could get left with a bit too much to do, but um, yeah, pro- proper racehorse this fella. He's um, he, if you have if you're not up to date on him, he's worth catching up on because he's um, we'll be doing plenty of talking about him going forward. I'd say. Yeah, agreed. Um, and like you say, it just seems like there's there's a bit of a a bit of a golden spell on the horizon for the French horses. They've got a whole host of not just the two-year-olds, but of course the older horses as well that look like they'll be able to put it up to our our English and Irish best anyway. Um, Let's move on, guys, and talk about some news topics. We have a fair bit to discuss, but we're going to start by discussing something that's kind of been rumbling along on social media. It's another 
potentially negative syndicate related story, this time in regards to the All About Sunday syndicate, which is a syndicate based in Ireland run by Darren McGrath, who have had plenty of uh, success and decent publicity. They were kind of on the front foot a few years ago when it comes to syndication. They have an app that they run, lots of people involved. But recently there's been some, as I say, social media rumblings in regards to the horses that they owned or have owned in the past and now ownership has been transferred and um, a lack of communication from anybody running the syndicate. I think the app has either been taken down or is now redundant. So there's no communication through that either. And it doesn't seem as though anybody at the top is that contactable. Obviously, this is all just musings we've heard from a few people who've got in contact and things that we've read on social media. But TC, it's, it, mm. it looks as though this could be another negative syndicate story, which it seems unfair for those who are running genuine syndicates, but also it's just yeah. another bad look for our sport. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kevin and Brendan will probably know more about this than me, but you know, I I sent an email around to all our group on Thursday. I think it was someone contacted me on direct message on Twitter. Um, now they did is one of these Twitter accounts where it wasn't a named Twitter account, so I I just sent it I sent it onto the group and because it it. It did sound very alarming. And when I said I might not be on the programme on Monday, he asked for it to be raised. So, And I asked for some more information about it. And I think we have to be very careful about what we say because I don't think we've got anything concrete. But from what he was saying, and I'm assuming he was part of the syndicate, in, um, you know, and, you know, it's, it's just the figures he was coming out with bore no relation to the value of the horses. Um, and like you said, if it's if it's gone all quiet on the financial front, then people quite rightly should be kicking up about this. Um, I know Kevin. Um, he, he actually sent on a there's some there's some kind of like there was some copy about it somewhere. But you like I say, I probably hand over to Kevin Brendan here to actually flush out the details. Kev, do you know any more? No, just just what I've been um, what I've been told. Uh, you know, people have been in touch with me as well. And it first came up a few weeks ago. There, there was a kind of a flurry of. Uh, a negative comment on social media, which look doesn't always mean that there's something wrong. Um, yeah. Just because people are upset, it doesn't mean that something wrong has happened. You know, so we need, so we, like TC says, we need to be a small bit careful. But there does seem to be um, questions having been raised and some communication issues there. So, like I think at the very least, um, you know, those, those involved need to come out and communicate with their members to, you know, if everything's a okay, to communicate that everything is a okay. Um, you know, because we, we might be talking about, you know, small sums either. You know, there was um, there was an article in the Irish Times there back in January, you know, about all about Sunday seeking to raise 800,000 in crowdfunding to help democratize the industry is how the, the article is is framed. So um, it, they, all about Sunday has already raised 550,000 euros through the campaign. You know, so this is this this is this is big sums of money. Um, and when big sums are money involved, um, as we've seen in other sectors in recent weeks, you know, governance and communication is extremely important. So um, it's not to say that anything is amiss here, but there is a lot of negative comment. And I suppose those involved probably need to get back on the front foot here and, um, and, and let everyone know what's going on, because there does seem to be some concern. Yeah, I mean, look, as the boys have said, obviously, there's still 
there will be more information, I'm sure, to come out about this specific example. But Brendan, it does um, just not nothing to do specifically with All About Sunday, but it does beg the question, given um, other recent syndicate sort of negative press in some regard, it's syndication is something we're always trying to push and trying to encourage to help get more people into ownership of racehorses. But these sort of stories give it a real negative look. How should syndicate syndicates be regulated? I mean, they're very unregulated, really, at the moment. Any of us could set up a syndicate. But how should they be regulated? Well, probably, I, I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of this, but given it's such a big deal in Australia and something they pride themselves on, how many syndicates they, they have involved in the game, I would be interested to see what structures they have around it. I mean, again, we've talked about this before, and I'm inclined to see it because of these micro syndicates uh, and the buy-in is so small that it's it's almost a victimless crime, but the, the money does add up. And the problem you have is if you have an owner who decides, well, I just dip my toe in to see what it's like, and then they get a sickener and decide, well, sure, everyone's able to just rinse you in this game. And then they decide they don't want to get into ownership. That would be my concern with these things always. Yeah, in, in Australia, Brendan, like this, it's it's quite highly regulated. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. You know, syndication, like you say, is massive in Australia. And like it should be massive. Well, it is massive here, but we want it to get bigger. Um, it, it's very it's important that it does. Um, and look, people need to be protected. And look, it's something that we, I know we've said on the podcast for years. And it's one of those that I think most people would agree that it probably should be happening. But it's a case of, right, who's going to do the job? That's probably, there's going to be a fair bit of work involved in, in regulating a whole bunch of syndicates. But um, like really in love, You'd love there to be a system there where, uh, whereby a syndicate can, having been put through the rigors of background checks and financials, et cetera, that they get a little, a little tick from be it the BHA or HRI or whoever to say, right, look, this, this crew have been checked out. They have X number of funds, um, in, a, in an escrow there or what have you that, you know, you, you can get involved here with, with a level of protection and assurance on an official level. That, uh, that these guys um, are doing doing things the way it should be done um, because we, we've had too many horror stories now. We've had some really high-profile ones. Um, you know, the Supreme Racing Club thing is still panning out in the in the law courts in Ireland, as far as I know. Um, and we need this sort of thing to um, to, to stop happening because there, there's, uh, for me, like there's, there seems to be an air of toxicity around, um, you know, so, you know the, the micro-share um, syndicates which are becoming more and more popular which i think are actually grand when they're run properly you know it's easy to look at the the, the small number that they that of the shares the the amount and then multiply by how many shares are available and say oh god that's grossly overvalued but it's not quite as simple as that um and you know i think that this is the type of thing that should be encouraged and it just needs to be better looked after from a from a regulatory point of view i think just to just to make sure like brendan says that people aren't getting rinsed and being given bad experiences um, that make them disinclined to, to go again, you know? Agreed. Very much agreed. Um, ooh, sorry, everyone. Phone call. Um, let's move on to talk about probably the biggest news story of the week, which is uh, in Irish government at the moment, the new proposed gambling regulation bill that's currently going through uh, government. As I say, it's still to be confirmed, but the new legislation would essentially mean that bookmakers are unable to advertise on TV from the hours of 5.30am to 9pm, uh, meaning that essentially 
a vast majority of horse racing's TV coverage in Ireland would not be allowed to be shown in Ireland as it currently stands in its current form. Obviously, this has um, sent a bit of a panic shockwave through both um, TV channels, racing TV and Sky Sports Racing. Both of them have come out and given comment on that on this topic this week. Um, there's probably a lot more to this, but my initial view, my initial thought, Kev, was surely this can't happen. Surely this will just, obviously, it's all still to be confirmed and it's um, sort of dot the I's and cross the T's and surely this won't happen. But then am well, I just being naive in that? Yeah, well, look, as the legislation is written right now, it is going to happen. Um, but look, there is scope to to get it changed. And one would hope, and look, it's a dangerous thing, um, one would hope the common sense would prevail and uh, fairness, like racing, is is in pretty good shape in political terms at the minute in Ireland, um, and a, and a few a few, um, uh, a few a few a few politicians have come out, you know, since the news story broke and basically said, yeah, look, we're, we're going to try and get this sorted. Um, so one would hope it would get sorted, but look, the other side of the coin is, um, you know, betting gambling industries um a bit toxic at the minute um more so in the uk than ireland but it, it, there is a bit of a drive in ireland as well um and you know as we saw with the affordability checks in the uk that are that are currently playing out you know for long enough i suppose we we're all guilty of saying that ah, they surely won't do that you know surely common sense will prevail but you get further down the line and geez it's it looks like it's still going to happen you know so um we we shouldn't be guilty of assuming common sense will prevail and um, it's one of those things that I think HRI need to be need to be really sharp on in terms of their lobbying efforts, uh, because if this did come true, it, you know, there's, there's no exaggerating it like it would be catastrophic now for, for Irish horse racing. So um, I think everyone needs to, to, to get get the old blinkers on and focus on this and get it changed. And hopefully they'll be able to do so. Brendan, what are what are the next steps from HRI's lobbying point of view and who else can get involved in this to try and not well make them see sense essentially? Well, I was talking to my, my parliamentary connections, and uh, there, there's a the, the next phase will be proposed amendments and uh, raising as friends in high places. So words will be had in the right ears, and the correct amendments will be made. But it, I mean, it is a little bit of a scare, all the same. It just shows you how vulnerable the the, the game can be if the the winds of political change. And I mean, the, to, to these politicians, I mean, it's just depressing, isn't it? That they infantilize us. If you're interested in gambling at all, how could you? How to be interested in gambling you know some guy said once he said um uh, if you give up smoking drinking gambling and fornication you don't actually live longer it just seems longer well that's what <laughs> these politicians need to live by and let people let people be and just stop in Pantla, but they're not going to stop doing that they're dreadful people they want to tell you tell you how to live but luckily the rural lobby is strong enough and uh, uh, racing has enough friends in high places that we'd, we'd be able to get this fixed. But it, I mean, it is. A, I don't know what other fun, funding model we can go with with um, the, the the fixed odds system we we, we have over here. You're going to be reliant on bookmakers and, and bookmakers uh, advertising. So it, it it is slightly scary that they could just take it away from you through the back door. Uh, the, 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 that is that is disturbing, but I think at, for the moment it'll be fine. Our our friends are on the case, Vanessa. Our friends, our friends, mm. our friends. Was yeah. that was it? Did you did you say parliamentary connections or paramilitary connections? <laughs> 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 
I could do it both. We can, we, can, we, can, we can lean on both here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever yeah. gets the job. Whatever gets the job done, Lance. I don't mind. <laughs> as long as we're safe, hey. TC, are you, um, uh, TC, are you of the view that this particular um, issue is going to get sorted relatively quickly or relatively um, straightforwardly, but there is a bigger sort of... Irish politics, Vanessa, nothing happens quickly or straightforward. We've been here over here we, with, the, with the white people are rumbling on, people saying, oh, no, that can't possibly get through. That will be chucked out within a matter of weeks, and we still don't know what's going to happen here. So common sense doesn't always apply. Uh, it just goes to show how precarious racing is when it comes to kind of like, you know, terrestrial coverage. I mean, Channel 4 used to get money to to public, uh, to to actually broadcast it. Uh, ITV are obviously, you know, been sponsored by the likes of Paddy Power, Betfair, William Hill in recent years. And, you know, without that kind of sponsorship, uh, then, you know, Race, you know, racing as we know it wouldn't exist, would it? Could be on 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 a on a TV platform because it's it's betting and bookmakers actually pay for the kind of coverage we get in 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 a roundabout way. So, yeah, I mean, if we can't be seeing any gambling advertising or presumably sponsorship as well from five thirty a.m. until nine p.m. at night, then yeah, it's it's a huge issue, and we shouldn't be just dismissing say, oh yeah, yeah, that'll that'll get you know, that'll get kind of like kicked into the long grass or just like kicked out. It's not a given. Okay, not a given. Um, TC, I want to stick with you for the update on jockey Dylan Kitts after the back of the Hilson debacle. Um, obviously, at the last time we recorded this podcast, where were we at with that? He'd yeah. basically... He basically, we, uh, last when we did this last week, um, you read out a statement with the BHA saying it had been agreed that he, that he was wouldn't it. ride that was or go on race, uh, he'd be allowed on a race course. Uh, now, I couldn't really find a lot about this on the follow-up, but it seems like he has been officially suspended now, which yeah. is, it doesn't seem right to me. But look, everyone saw the ride. Everyone knows, you know, he's got previous history, two months for, you know, for you know a non-trifle, got 14 days for that. Everyone knows he's going to get, you know, what, what's going to what's going to come to him. But my problem is, I mean, it, it, it's a 101 shot. It's it, No, sorry, it's a thousand chance that he's done that off his own back. Um, to, to single him out, and literally they are saying he is guilty before, you know, the case has been heard. So I've got, sympathy is the wrong word, but I think the BHA have gone about this the wrong way. Now, I don't know the full details. They might be doing this with his blessing. You know, he could have been coerced into, you know, in, into these non-trial rides, etc. Uh, so they might be doing it, you know, to protect him in some respects. Because if he was allowed to ride, then who, you know, who knows what pressure he'd be put under. So I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable that he's been suspended before a, the case has been heard. Yeah, I think we have to assume that they they know way more than they've told yeah. us. And and there's something going on. It could be any number of things, but that they they know something or discovered well, something that, that have made them do that because that that's quite unprecedented. Well, it's not without precedent, but it's rare what they've done there. I mean, the latest from the latest statement from the BHA off the back of the disciplinary hearing on Thursday was that further to the voluntary standing down by Mister Kitts last Friday, 
A formal hearing was held on Thursday before the deputy chair of the judicial panel. By agreement between the parties, it, it has been ordered that Mr Kitt's licence be suspended with immediate effect and Mr Kitt's is prohibited from attending any race course in Britain. This order will be kept under review and will last until a further order is made while the BHA investigation and potential disciplinary proceedings remain ongoing. What does that mean? doesn't it? These cases can take years. I'm with Kev. I just keep thinking there's a lot more to come, basically. Um, oh, undoubtedly, but, but presumably until it's heard, you know, there's better elements to this. They've got to, you know, they, we, we, there's inconsistency between what the trainers were saying, inconsistency what, what the owners were saying. This is a real kind of, it could be a very, very complex investigation. And as we know, in Ireland and over here, that these things take can take years. Yeah, well, it, they could be using it for leverage to get him to turn state's evidence to tell him, like, we're not going to give you your license back till you tell us the real story. But as Tony says, it has echoes of the miscarriage of justice that was perpetuated on King Kieran when they they, <laughs> they took his license away. So for for for, for that reason, I like like Tony, but I, I would have a degree of sympathy. But I mean, how much sympathy can you have yeah. when you when you look at the ride? I get that. I get that. All right, last last topic, Kev. It's over to you for this one. Uh, apparently, you have an update for us when it comes to sectional timings. Time out. In- Time out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sectional timings in Ireland at all Irish tracks are being promised by a certain date. Is this true? Ah. Oh, it's wonderful news, isn't it? God, <laughs> wonderful. I just, I like from, we from might the, have been here before somehow. Uh, from the beginning of 2024. God, that's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, like Groundhog Day. It's sarcasm uh, central today. Oh, I'm Blake, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I tell you. The, the, I, just, I just found the press release about this remarkable now. Um, you know, every, everyone delighted. God, this is going to be great. All oh, 26 tracks from January 1st. This is going to be brilliant. And I... I I just, it's just incredible. And the, the level, the the lack of kind of blowback they got on this is again remarkable. It maybe illustrates just how niche this is. But um, like for 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 them to have worded the the, the press release this way, that was just mind blowing to me because like it completely it completely forgets about the reality that we the, this exact same gang, um, well SIS. Promised yeah. us full sectional timing coverage coverage from 2017, and since then there's just there was years of nothing, just nothing, and a complete ignoring of any questions um, forwarded to SIS about this promise that they made in their contract, and, and nothing happened. And then Course Track have been have been brought on stream to 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 belatedly implement these sectional times and it's just been like a catastrophic car crash of an of an implementation uh trial run this 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 years long trial run um that just has just been catastrophically poor um you know the product in the uk is, is regularly um criticized I, I gather it has perhaps got a little bit better in recent times but this is compared to i suppose the market alternative you know vested interest in our tpd um, the the job that they've been doing for years and years and years in the UK and, and you know running comparatively brilliantly you know this is just frustrating because we want this we've wanted this for so long um, Irish Derby meeting gone by you know have it's nothing nothing provided 
It's just been a mess. So forgive me for being a skeptical Simon, Vanessa. If I fear You're that Jan- Simon if- today and the sarcastic <laughs> Sally. If I if I if I fear that January first is going to come and this doesn't quite go to plan, um, I just uh, I tell you I I love to work for HRI. I have to say because they are the most forgiving, understanding bunch of people of all time. Because if so, if if I agreed a multi million pound contract with with a group that promised me X in two thousand and seventeen, and now we're. They're finally saying that they might have it delivered by 2024. And HRI are delighted. <laughs> They're just saying, oh, well done, lads. Fair play. I just... It's oh, the, the, yeah, the, 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 the mantra of forgiveness. But anyway, it boggles my mind. It's been deeply, deeply frustrating for a number of years. I have absolutely zero faith in this crew to deliver what they promised. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but look, Irish racing is the software because, like, I, I see it. I see it so much because we, I deal with a lot of international owners that have horses in Ireland through Joseph, etc. And the amount of times, you know, you get asked, "Oh, what what do the sectionals say?" You know, you know, uh, you know, what, how do, how does the, the performance stack up on the clock? And you're just kind of throwing your hands up half the time and going, look, I can hand time it, lads, and give you give you a rough appraisal. But we don't have official sectional timing in this country, and like, they're just, you know. Wow. Right. Wow. On that note, on oh, that note, no, no. let's wrap up because Brendan, Brendan, tell us where you're going today. I, I'm off to Killarney for, for, for a few days. Uh, one oh, of the yes. most picturesque tracks in the world. So I'm uh, coming to Ireland tomorrow and there is talk of me making an appearance at Killarney. Oh, oh okay. bring, bring, bring 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 the umbrella because when the rain clouds wheel in over those beautiful hills, it can get very ropey very quickly. It, it <laughs> never rains. It never rains in Clarity, Vanessa. We'll have a sweet tap if you make. It. Okay, I've, got, I've, I've got fucking washed away a few times in Clarity. It definitely does rain there. <laughs> right on that note, a joy as always, boys, to spend Monday morning with you, sarcastic Sally included, from Kevin Blake. Um, <laughs> That was Wade in. Everyone join us again uh, on Thursday. We'll be back with Racing Only Better to look ahead to all the weekend's action. But for now, enjoy your week. Gamble responsibly. Have a good one. That was Wade in. <laughs>